Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're getting closer. Closer to the celebration of the gift that you give to us in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, we are, we are a people who need to celebrate the birth of Jesus every year. Because otherwise we're apt to forget. And to fail to remember that we need Jesus. That we need this gift. Your grace and your mercy. They lift us up and they, they restore us. And so, Father, as we get ready to celebrate the birthday of Jesus, fill us with hope and with your spirit and remind us that we are, we are covered with that white robe of, of righteousness and salvation. We are yours because of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. The name of the Lord. It's a powerful reminder in the midst of this Advent season that all things are in God's hands. Scriptures remind us that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman into this world, for each and for every one of us. In order to prepare the world for this Messiah, this gift, we also know that God sent John the Baptist to begin to preach in the wilderness and to call people to repentance for the forgiveness of sins. We heard in our gospel lesson a little while ago that this John is not the Christ. He's not the one who's going to come. He's not Elijah. He's not one of the prophets. But he echoes those words of Isaiah. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Make straight the way of the Lord. It's a reminder that God is bringing comfort to his people. That he is going to forgive them double for their sins. He's preparing the way for Messiah. And so in the season of preparation, as we look at this gift that is coming to us in this Christ child, this baby who is born and, and who will be laid in a manger, we are reminded of those words of our Old Testament lesson this morning that say, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments 
of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Those words from Isaiah, written some 700 years before Christ was born, a glimpse, if you will, into the future of what God was going to do by this Messiah, that by his very birth into this world, he changes human history and he sends him to a cross to pay the price for our sins so that those robes washed white, brilliantly white in his own blood, are placed over our shoulders and remind us that we are cleansed from all our sin and washed clean and that we wear this robe of righteousness. It is a reason, as we are reminded in our epistle lesson today, to rejoice always. I love how Paul writes this. He doesn't say rejoice when things are great or rejoice when your life is going well or rejoice when you feel like it. He says rejoice always. I don't really feel like rejoicing today. Well, why? Why do we not feel like rejoicing at times? Why? Because we're so focused on ourselves and our own lot in life and we're focused perhaps on our own health or we're focused on this pandemic or, or our, our situation at work or our lack of work. And we're not focused on the Christ child. We're not focused on the gift. We're not focused on the cross and the empty tomb and the promises of salvation that are ours. You see, when we begin to see our life through Christ, we remember that God's love is incredible for each and every one of us. We remember that someday I am going to die. But salvation is mine in the name of God Almighty. And we confess it every time we share the creed. I believe. We begin to see that, that life is beyond us. And that those around us also need to see the same joy that we have even in the midst of, of tough times. They need to see the hope that we have when things aren't going so well. They need to know Jesus and our reason for rejoicing. What else are we called to do by Paul? We're called to pray without ceasing. This doesn't mean simply that we pray when there's food before us like maybe Stinky does. 
It doesn't mean that we just pray when we get up in the morning or go to bed at night. It really is all about pray without ceasing, which means to see our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on a daily basis as we go through the day, really holding that conversation in prayer with him. So that our eyes are open when we begin to see the things happening around us uh, by the eyes of Christ. And we realize that things aren't so much a circumstance as they are an opportunity. Because God is working in so many ways that we often walk through life oblivious to. To be in that state of prayer is to understand that, that God guides our lives each and every day. And he leads us to those places that he would have us to to serve him. To pray without ceasing is, as, as Paul reminds us, to also give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. To give thanks in all circumstances? To give thanks when I know that people around me are hurting because of this virus? To give thanks because I know that businesses are shuttering their doors, perhaps for the last time? To give thanks when the world is in upheaval and tragedies strike? And yet that's what it says, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Think about it this way. Today we can look back. Today we can thank God for the birth of his son, our Savior. Today we can thank God for his death on a cross and for his resurrection. Because we can look back and we can see the hand of God working. But do you think that the disciples were giving thanks in the garden on that Monday, Thursday evening when Jesus was arrested? Do you think that they were giving thanks when they snuck in to hear his trial before the Sanhedrin? Do you think they were giving thanks when they watched him carry a cross and stumble after having been beaten within an inch of his life? Do you think the disciples, many of whom were running away, were giving thanks when the nails were driven through his hands and his feet? And the Romans were gambling for his clothes? If I were a betting person, I would bet the only one giving thanks on that day were the chief priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees who finally thought 
they had succeeded in putting this thorn in the flesh to death. What's the difference? The difference is a matter of perspective. The difference is a matter of time. The ability to look back and to see how God was working. In our own lives today, we often lack that perspective. We can't look back and see how God is working. But the absolute truth is God is working in our lives today. He is alive and he is real and he calls us to pray prayers of thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because it's going our way? No. But because it's going God's way. And he's working his plan in our lives and in the lives of people around us. In our culture and in our community and in our world. God never stops Working, And for that, we give thanks in all circumstances and in all situations. And why? Because we know in all of this, what is God working to do by his Holy Spirit? He is working to sanctify us. He continues to pour his righteousness into our lives. Listen to that blessing that Paul gives. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. In other words, may the God of peace continue to work in your life to shape you and to mold you and to guide you in the way that he would have you to go. May he continue to motivate you to use the skills and the gifts and the talents and the abilities that he's granted to you. For the glory of his name and his kingdom. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's a lot to ask for. And yet, with the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and our lives, what Paul is really saying is, may you be Christ-focused. And when you're Christ-focused, you're making better decisions and you're walking the path that God would have you to go. When you're Christ-focused, you're not so concerned about the world and your own life. You're focused on the gift. You're focused on the babe of the young boy, of the man, of the Savior. And the promise is there. In the midst of all of it, God is faithful. In the midst of our lives, God is faithful. I love the last verse of our epistle lesson. It says there that he who calls you as faithful, he will surely do it. He will surely do it. When I hear those words from Paul, I can't help but to go to Good Friday. I can't help but to go to Psalm 22. 
where David says in the last part of that psalm, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the, to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. He has done it. The connection between between Christmas and Holy Week is there. This child who is to be born, whose birth we're going to celebrate in just a, a week and a half or so, This is the child who's going to do it. He's going to go to a cross and he's going to suffer and die. He's going to do it for you and for me. He's going to rejoice. We're going to be glad. We're going to pray and give thanks. Because God's working. He's working his promise in your life and in mine. And so get ready. Because God does what he says he's going to do. Mary, you're going to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be the son of the Most High God. And you call, you're going to call his name Jesus. Because he's going to save his people. From their sins. He will do it. And we look back. And we know. He has done it. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.